from him who welcomes us into his family by our baptism into his life, death, and resurrection, and then nurtures us as his disciples in his family each and every day by the power of his word. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. As you know or should know by now, and this is the fourth time I'm going to say it this month, Our congregational goal for the year 2019 is to have 150, 150 people in daily devotions, in weekly worship, and in some form of group discipleship over the course of one entire month by the end of this year. So over the course of this month, we've been looking at each of those one at a time. First, we looked at daily devotions and the importance of those. Then we looked at weekly worship and how important it is to be gathered together with our sisters and brothers in Christ at the feet of Jesus each and every week in worship. And then last week we looked at group discipleship and the importance that there is in being gathered together with sisters and brothers in Christ as we serve the Lord and as we serve one another by his grace and by his power. Those three things all together, make a disciple who belongs to Ascension Lutheran Church. Today's focus is now on the overall life of a disciple. So a disciple who's a member of Ascension Lutheran Church is a disciple who delves into daily devotions, who gathers together in weekly worship, who is part of some kind of group discipleship, which means taking part in one or more of our JCC teams, Joy, Community, or Christ teams. But in a broader sense, a Christian disciple is a person who has been and is baptized and taught according to the bidding of our Lord Jesus as he makes that bidding clear in Matthew chapter 28, which is our text for today. You probably know it, maybe even by heart. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always, to the very end of the age. This is our text. So I want to start today with a little poll. If you would raise your hand, raise your hand if you have been baptized. Wow, that is fantastic. Okay, second question. Raise your hand if you have been taught at least the basic essentials of the Christian faith. Congratulations. Those of you who raised your hands twice are disciples of Jesus Christ. You are members of God's family. You have been baptized and you have been taught. Now, if you didn't raise your hand at all, or if you only raise your hand once, that's okay, because you are well on your way to becoming a disciple, because you are here. You are sitting at the feet of Jesus. You are learning from him, and you are growing in your faith. But every person who believes in Jesus is blessed by the one, the only one who makes disciples. We don't make disciples. He is the one who makes them in his name. 
in the triune name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one who is always with us, who promises never to leave us or forsake us. So, do you need in your life food and clothing? Do you need home and shelter? Do you need gas in your tank, eyes to read, money in the bank? Do you need a brain in your head? If you do, then you need your Father. Do you need the forgiveness of sins? Forgiveness for what you say and do that goes against law, God's law, and forgiveness for what you do not say or do that God requires you to do. Do you need the forgiveness of your sins? If so, then you need Jesus Christ, God's only Son. Do you have faith? Faith that is always certain, never shaky, completely firm, always reliable, you never doubt? If not, then you need God's Holy Spirit, who is present with us here today in word and sacrament. You see, the hand of the Father provides. The Lamb sacrifices his life and sheds his blood for you so that you are forgiven. And the dove delivers Jesus to make weak faith firm again. We are blessed by the one who desires and does give generously and abundantly over and over again to make us his disciples, part of his family, those who are baptized and taught. And so the entry point into discipleship is our baptism. And Jesus says that we are baptized into the name, into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what that means is that we sinners have been given what we need the most. Because where God's name is, there he is. He is present. God's presence is in our lives. And God's saving deeds pull us up and out of the pit of sin, the horror of death, and the presence of the devil. Baptism into the death and resurrection of Jesus is our certain connection to the living and triune God. When you are baptized, it's not just for some big group of people. When you are baptized, it is for you. It's individual. You are God's own. He claims you as his own, makes you his own, and creates you to be his disciple. I just finished reading a book this week, fantastic book that I want to recommend to you. It's called Your God is Too Glorious by Chad Bird. Your God is Too Glorious. I posted it on Facebook so that if you want to just click the link, you can purchase it there. I have no uh, investment in this. I just want you to read it. In the book, Chad Bird talks about baptism like this. It's fantastic. He says, we stream into the crucified Christ on the river of baptism. When he died, water and blood flowed from his side. When we are crucified and buried with him in baptism, his watery blood clothes us with his own righteousness. When you see a baptism take place, it seems child's play. A little water is splashed, a few words are spoken, but in that bath is hidden the armor of the Almighty, 
the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel shoes, the shield of faith, and in our mouths is placed the sword of his spirit, the word of God by which every evil is vanquished. And then Chad writes three plain words. Three plain words, he says. I am baptized. I am baptized. Those three words send all of hell into a tailspin. That trinity of words defeats the demons within us because they name us as the Father's child. What great words. Three words. I am baptized. I encourage you to say those words, maybe even out loud. When you wake up in the morning, you might want to say them at that time, reminding yourself that you have a Savior who was crucified for you. Then maybe when you get in the car on the way to work, say them again. I am baptized as you drive to work and, and know that no matter what obstacle that day may hold, you are safe in the love of Jesus. And then you go throughout the rest of the day, but right before you go to bed or as you are lying there in bed ready to go to sleep, say those words again. I am baptized. Say them as you reflect on the failures of the day because you know that the Father sees you in Jesus as perfect and whole. You are his disciple. And those three words are powerful words for you each and every day. I am baptized. Well, if baptism is the entry point into the life of discipleship, then teaching Learning more and more about Jesus and his word every day shape you and carve you and heal you and transform you and mold you and meld you into a person of God, into his disciple. Now, you may have thought over the course of years, if you've studied this passage, the Great Commission of Jesus, that, that it was just about getting converts to Christianity, well, it certainly is about that, but, but it is also about nurturing and educating believers as they mature and grow in their faith and love for all people. In our sin and selfishness, we, too, we far too often find ourselves neglecting God's word, staying away from it, failing to do our daily devotions, or taking the time to participate in group Bible studies. We think to ourselves, why should I study something or learn about something that I've already learned before? I've read the Bible once or twice or ten times or even a hundred times. I've done it all over and over again. What is there new to learn? It's kind of like little kids who love to do things over and over again. I, I'm learning that again with our little grandson, Crosby. I was with him yesterday, and if he could, he would throw rocks and stones into the water 24 hours a day, over and over. And he can't say it yet, but he would say, do it again, granddad, do it again. He would love to do it all over and over again. I ran across a... a uh, a little passage from G.K. Chesterton this week. Uh, G.K. Chesterton was an author and theologian in the early 1900s, and he mentions how children, in their wonder, love to do these things, how they love to do things over and over again. And this is what he writes. 
because children have abounding vitality because they are in spirit, fierce and free. Therefore, they want things to be repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all the daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. Think about that. For we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. God never gets tired of nurturing you, of teaching you, of loving you and forgiving you, of feeding you and molding you and melding you into his own and to making you his disciple. God loves his disciples and he loves to draw them closer to him. It's why we always tell our confirmation students when they are confirmed that it is not a graduation. It is one stepping stone along the way of faith. It is part of the life of discipleship. It is not nearly the end. It is only a beginning. As we've seen over the course of these past four weeks, there are many, many ways for, for, the, for the gospel to become even more precious to us than it already is. That's part of what it means to be a disciple. Because we have been loved and saved, we disciples in turn love our neighbors. And as we heard in our gospel lesson for today, we don't just love our neighbors, but yes, we even love our enemies. And I don't think I heard any exceptions in Jesus' language there. Love your enemies even if they take something from you. Love your enemies even if they are spiteful toward you. There is no exception. Love your neighbors and love your enemies. And so we do good deeds that direct glory to the Father who is in heaven because we are his baptized, love, forgiven disciples. We work together to restore and preserve the faith and lives of our fellow disciples, which is why we put this arbitrary number on this goal this year. 150. It's a stretch. 150 people in daily devotions and weekly worship and group discipleship over the course of an entire month. But I want to remind you it's not just about the number. The number is a means toward getting you into the Word. Getting you to know your Savior better getting you to remember that your Savior loves you and forgives you and desires to draw you ever closer and nearer to him. The life of a disciple begins in baptism and it continues always. Until the day we enter into glory, it continues always in the teaching, in the learning. Today we hear about the triune God, triple blessing, Three times the grace, 
all in the name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so in the confidence of that blessing in triplicate, we launch into each new day knowing that the evil foe can have no power over us because we have been delivered out of his dominion in our baptism. The one who is Lord and has authority over all has placed his name upon you. It's on your forehead. And when your heavenly Father looks at you, he sees Jesus, your Savior, the perfect one. You are clothed in his righteousness. And all along, he teaches you that the one who has been named with his name is his. No longer under sin, no longer under death, no longer under the devil. That's you. So as your pastor, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Lord uses our daily devotions, how he uses our weekly time together in worship, how he uses our group discipleship to serve one another and to serve the community in his name. I'm looking forward to seeing how he transforms individual lives and how he transforms this entire church by the grace and power of his spirit. Because in the end, it is he and he alone, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who makes disciples by baptizing and teaching. Glory in the joy of being Jesus' disciple. In his name, amen.